0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Keys to Your Best Life. I am your host Maggie Cavanaugh, and I have a couple here today that I absolutely love. They are out of Florida, and they have got some encouraging words for you today. So, welcome Keith and Glenda Jowers. Thank you guys so much for being here with me. Hi, how are you, Maggie? <laughs> Doing good this morning. I appreciate y'all taking the time to be here with me because we're talking about an important topic today. For those of you watching this, whatever platform you're watching it on, I want you to get it out to your uh, your group of people, your tribe, whoever needs to hear it, because this couple is all about family and all about encouragement. Uh, Keith is the, the founder of Dads for Life. And I know some of you out there, you're all women and you're thinking, well, I'm not a dad. You know, so many times we wear Many hats uh, play different roles in our lives, and we all need to be concerned with having a father, whether it be a natural father, a mentor, or so forth, in the lives of those we love. So Keith and Glenda are what I would consider a power couple. I met them through our mutual friend, Justin Kappen, and I'm very grateful to know more about what they do. Keith is an author speaker, broadcaster. Uh, him and Glenda work with people to help them you know, get financially free. And they're all about seeing families being raised up to be all that God has called them to be. So I want to welcome to the broadcast. And Keith, can you tell us a little bit about how did Dads for Life get started? What was the motivating factor?
1: Uh, well, thank you, Maggie, for actually having us on this morning. We appreciate each and everything uh, everything that you're doing to, to reach and teach others as well. But um glenn and i um actually we've we been married 33 years pretty soon right yep. <laughs> a couple months and we uh we met through church uh many years ago And we uh i was a, a young divorced dad i've been divorced about four years i guess at that time and uh i was just trying to be the best dad i could as a single dad i didn't want the divorce but it happened uh, but prior to that as a 11 year old boy My dad died when I was 11, and he was 40. He died right behind me one evening uh, while we were watching Hee (laughs) Haw. And it was just really sad when I woke up to to find that happened. And then I had a a very (laughs) rough childhood because I didn't have anybody leading me. Nobody kind of picked up that mantle as a dad except for mom. Mom was there, and she was very strong. And those two messes, I guess, in my life became the message we now call Dads for Life, and we're in our 16th year. It was uh, 16 years ago, Glenn and I were just sitting around talking. We had another little organization called Four Life Resources where we're helping families just be learning about life and teaching resumes, things like that. And then I looked at her and I said, well, I said, I've been helping about four dads at church uh, through this divorce thing. I really wish I could start something to help dads who are, who are single dads and going through things like this. And, but not, not to divorce their children, be involved in their children's lives. And I looked at her. I said, "I wouldn't know what to call it, but I think I'd like to call it." Uh, I mean, all I want to do is help a dad for life, and that's how dads. And I use number four instead of F O R because that was the four dads I had been talking to and just kind of encouraging to stay involved in their children's lives. And here we are, 16 years later, with thousands of followers around the
0: world. <laughs> Wow, that is amazing. And I know the impact that your ministry has has placed on the lives of people. And I love how uh, the Lord takes what's in our hands. You know, so many times people are like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, you were mentoring and encouraging people. Four dads, and God took that and breathed life into it, and then now so many people are being impacted. So, for those that aren't familiar with it, uh, I know that there's several resources available, and uh, very impressive. So, what type of things would they? I, I've just looked at your website the last couple of days and a little more in depth. But share with them what kind of support they can get with Dads for Life.
1: Well, thank you, Maria. We we're we're really a, an encouraging organization that we try to do everything we can to help a dad just realize you can get through today if you get through today you'll get through tomorrow and so forth down the road a week month years and then one day you're going to look back and say oh my goodness my little daughter who's one year old is now 18 years old what do i do (laughs) well you keep being a dad you uh we had this little thing we said well you know one day you'll be fired as a parent but hired as a life consultant you know you need to be there as uh, just to be involved in their life, regardless. Mm-hmm. Our daughter now, um, she's, uh, well, I better not say, but she's, <laughs> she like that. <laughs> uh, she's, got, she's got three children of her own now, and she's raising them, and, and we try to, we, we kind of chuckle sometimes. We say, well, I remember a little girl who had the same type of problems when she was little, uh, but but she calls me every now and then just for some fatherly advice, and that's what you want to do. You want to be promoted to granddad one day, and uh, <laughs> carry on that legacy. So we we basically just try to do everything we can. We got a lot of social media following in the way of encouraging, enhancing, and uh, enriching the life of a dad to be totally involved in this greatest asset on, on, asset on earth, and that's his children. And uh, it's the best investment you'll ever make. It'll go far beyond stock market.
0: Absolutely. You know, there we had talked briefly before the broadcast about the fatherless generation. And there are many people out there that are filling the role of a father that are not biological fathers. And um, so, Keith, can you do you have some statistics there that you'd like to share with us in regards to the fatherless nation that we're seeing now? Because it's such an important role.
1: I do, Maggie. And it's, you know, they're a little old because you get them from the government. The government studies fatherlessness, supposedly. and But they're, they never are really real time st- stats. And right. it really concerns me uh, that, that here we are, you know, we're probably, these are two year old or more stats. It comes to find out that um, they don't get updated quick enough. But I, I believe that we can turn the pendulum around. We're looking at 43% of children who are uh, in the U S who live without a father in the home, 43%. So that's almost half of our, half of our children in our country, you know, and it's really sad, Um, you know, 90% of, of of runaway and, and homeless children when you really study it turn out to be that, that they had no fatherly influence in their home and you don't have to be there. I mean, it could be, Someone who could step in and, and take the place of a dad. The dad leaves for whatever reason, or maybe he died prematurely like my dad. But where's an older <laughs> brother? Where's an uncle? Where's a, a, a friend of the, of the widows, the mothers? Maybe a church that could step in and, and be that support and that encouragement. Um, you know, we got 80% of, of violent offenders who are under the age of 18 turn out to be fatherless homes yes. or come from fatherless homes. And, and this is one really, you know, I was in law enforcement for 30 years and I spent 22 years in the school system and I helped a lot of kids see a, the light of an encouraging future outside of, you know, what they could see because they didn't have nobody really encouraging them. They, they might've had a working hard, hardworking mom like I did, but nobody was really kind of taking them beyond, you know, and taking their dream and try to help build that. Right. And um, I, I remember one particular girl herself and, and working with her and, and she was like, she didn't want to live, Harley, because she just had no love at home at all from a parent. And it was just, and it come down to the father, was just so abusive verbally, emotionally, physically. And I'm going like, that will tear a child down. Yes. Well, you got uh, 63% of you suicides come from fatherless homes. So, I mean, the statistics go on and on. But the thing is, regardless, as a dad, you have to step up and play. Whether you're at home or not at home, as a divorced father, you could still be involved. you got more technology available today than I ever had in the early 80s. I mean, I had a beeper, and I was the coolest dad around, you know. Uh, and then when I got a bag phone, I was really cool because she and I could go feed the ducks at the pond, and I still had a phone on my, my that was battery charged, you know. So you can't tell me you can't stay in t- contact with your kids today, but you have to have that communication with the mother as well and say, listen, I want to be involved in our child's life. You know, it might be the best thing to come out of our, our, our relationship, but I'm their dad. I'm their dad. I want to be involved as much as I possibly can.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is so impactful. And when we look at those stats, and 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 I, I know just from being a ministry, that there are so many broken homes and so much comes <laughs> from that. And many times, you know, dads feel like they're, You know, they're out of the house and there's so much strife between the parents that they can't communicate effectively. And then the kids suffer as a result of that. Keith, what would you say to the viewers out there? Like if there is a dad and he's still got strife with mom, um, there's ways to get around that. What would be some of the best advice you would give to a dad who is like, I want to be a present dad. But every time I come near, it causes problems.
1: Well, I tell you, that's a that's a, <laughs> that's big, a loaded, question. That's a, it's a loaded question. Uh, but <laughs> yes. there again, Maggie, let's let's go back to talking about just relationships. You know, yes. just building relationships. Yes. You might have to apologize. You know, you may have to say, "Listen, I might not have been the best husband. I might not have been the most involved dad, but but my heart has changed. I want to be involved." Mm-hmm. Um, I, I talked to I've talked to some some dads who were in prison. And I used to do some prison ministry years ago. And and some would say that they didn't know how to get started. Uh, And I even talked to some recently who are actually have a new start on life and a new new leash in life. And and they want to do the right thing. And I was talking to them. I actually was in a setting with them. And I was talking to them and told them, I said, just just whatever you can do. Start with a letter. Start with a card. It's their birthday if you've never... Ever send them a birthday card? Send them a card. They may not even, they may throw in the garbage, but you started with a card. You start with a letter. You start with a phone call if it can be possible. Whatever it takes to at least start the communication because I do believe that in time, things can heal. I do believe that. It may take 10 years to heal, but you've taken a step of faith. And by taking a step of faith, it is uh, definitely, uh, you know, just... Well, you yeah. a small step of faith sometimes can be can be huge, but so. prayer works too. Yeah, well, that, that's actually prayer definitely stride. works
2: because if you have a heart to go back, then ask the Lord to even help that mother's <laughs> heart to be softened. Oh, that's good, and so that you can get your foot in, the, you can get your foot in the door to actually just talk. You know, if you can just talk and open up the communication, then things can change. But prayer works above above anything else when when you know you want to make a change in your life and you want to go to your kids. So pray for them.
0: (laughs) That is so good. I totally agree with that. So much power in prayer over the circumstances. And, and, you know, Keith, you hit on a really good point, you know, to go back and maybe say you're sorry or make amends and so forth. You know, when we are open and honest with our kids, it gives them permission to be open and honest with us. I mean, they see and know so much more than parents uh, realize and they keep all that inside so many kids you know they they blame themselves you know for what has happened and they're caught in the middle of that storm and i'm so grateful for that because whether you're a dad that's watching this and you are present in the home or whether you are a dad that is part time dad, you know, shared custody or every other weekend. You know, what Keith is saying here is incredibly important for you to understand. There is no reason that you can't stay in constant communication. And I love the technology. I love that they can FaceTime. I love that they can have Uh, You know, send a scripture, send a quote, send something funny, stay in that constant vein of communication. And then when it comes time to have the face to face interaction, it's already like a well that has been pumped where you can just flow out with honesty. I hear parents all the time say, you know, well, I just get to that point on Sunday where I feel like we're making some progress in communicating and it's time to give the child back. And so I think what you said about relationships and communications. So let's talk about the dads in the home. Uh, You know, we're living in a a day and age where there's so many families that are having to work a lot to be able to provide. And so, so many dads are having to work extended hours or work out of town and so forth. Uh, you know, Keith, with, with all those dads out there, whenever they are missing um, important things in their kids' lives, how do they deal and cope with dad guilt?
1: Mm. Well, I'll tell you, the duties of a dad never stop, really. You're, you're always doing something, yeah, whether it's honeydews in the house, you know, fixing up the house. <laughs> fixing something that went, that went broke or, I mean, that broke down, you know, you're always doing something. And then when you're at work, well, you know, dads sometimes they excel at work and they're, they're not excelling at they're home. They're failing at home. They're failing at <laughs> home. And I, I try to say, okay, listen, I know, I mean, I had to write things down. I still have a problem with that. Sometimes I try to do it electronically now or she'll do it just, to, and I love reminders, you know, they come uh-huh. to my phone to do this or do that or I <laughs> forgot our broadcast today, if it didn't come as a reminder earlier, you know, it's just <laughs> because life never stops, does it, Maggie? Unless we sleep and then our mind doesn't really subconsciously. Right. So you just really have to, you have to make sure you write things down. The the one of the one of the stories I remember the most is as a school resource officer at a high school I was at, I really made it in with the kids. And a kid shoots a beautiful three-pointer, straight, nothing but net. When goes right into the basket, and I said, "Man, that was awesome! Was an awesome shot." He said, "Yeah, it would have been better if dad had been here, Ooh. you know." Because I said, well, is he, has he, "Was he working or whatever?" He said, "No, he just never comes." I'm going like, "Really?" You know. And then, <clears> then I had a dad that would come to every football game because his daughter was a cheerleader, not because his daughter was playing football. And I said, "So there's two contrasts right there." What's yes. more important for the future of that child and for your relationship with your child? So, I mean, you have to you have to be involved. You have to write things down. You have if you if you say, "Son, this weekend we're going to go camping," all right, and then all of a sudden your buddies decide they want to go to the football game or the baseball, game, and you decide, "No, we'll we'll put off camping another week." Your kids gonna remember that. Yes, yes. So you have to keep your promises to your children
2: schedule that time with them schedule
1: it and don't let nothing interfere with it unless it's an absolute emergency we found also that
2: we found too that dads (laughs) that schedule one-on-one time with each child (laughs) then they have a better relationship because they know they're going to be able to speak one-on-one with dad in that time if they can't talk to him any other time then they know that they have they can rely on that time (laughs) even make a list of things i want to talk to dad about you know so Scheduling time is so important. And then if mom is at home, then mom needs to encourage that as well. Be a part of that, saying, no, I'll do that. You go do what you're supposed to do, you know, and vice versa, both things. So it's a partnership
1: if both are in the home. Our son-in-law is a great example of that. We have three grandchildren, six, four, and almost two. And he literally will take each of them out individually, whether it's just to go have ice cream or an icy, whatever it is, to spend a an hour or more with them. Sometimes it's Disney on ice or whatever the, the event is, but he'll do it individually, but he also does it as a family. So the children are seeing family interaction and how we get along as a family, but he also is seeing they're also seeing that individual time and they love it. So when our daughter was young, she was like maybe eleven, I was teaching her about goals. And I would actually pay her if she would tell me what this Zig Ziglar tape cassette tape At was the time. <laughs> on. time. And I was trying to teach her skills. And she said, oh, it was about this and this and this. I said, okay, you got the judge, you know, but what would you get out of it? And she'd tell me, and I'd give her $10. Well, that was a lot of money back then, right? So, yeah. But she loved it. And she learned so much about just learning from people like that, which is how I learned when I started learning about those kind of people is they mentored me. The first dad I ever listened to with true advice after uh, my divorce was Dr. James Dobson. And Dr. Dobson taught me some things. And I'd hear him play basketball with his daughter. Well, I'd go out here and I'd put up a basketball court and I'd play basketball with my daughter. I didn't know she'd be a really good basketball athlete, but she was. Uh So anyway, I listened to those kind of people to help me. So as she was doing that, she literally was learning some life skills. I wanted to teach her life mm-hmm. skills. And that time I had with her on those weekends wasn't just, oh, let's go the let's go here. That costs money. Let's go here. That costs money. Let's go just sit down and talk by feeding the ducks with my yeah. bag phone, you know, hanging over here because I was cool. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I had fun with her, Maggie, when I had that time. So dads, when you have the time, it doesn't <laughs> always have to be at a theme park or so you know somewhere to cost money because money's tight right now with, with sure. a lot of debts. Absolutely. so
2: anything huh? and during those during those times <laughs> those skills can be taught even things of respect you know because you learn how to respect one another's time one another talking respect is is definitely a skill these days that we don't have because it's not being taught a lot Um, even i can remember them sitting at the table uh, sitting at a dinner table one night at a restaurant and keith told our daughter he said do you know how to shake hands with someone and she just looked at him like no. What do you mean? So over the dinner table, they talk about how the proper way to shake a hand, to look at somebody in the eye and talk to them, be interested in them. So it's the time just to take those little, the little things mount up over time to say, know that you care about them and, and you're wow. interested in their life.
1: And sometimes they'll embarrass you at a, at a dinner <laughs> table. So we're sitting there one night eating in a restaurant, we're talking, she saw me with a sour cream loaf triangle and I was rubbing my fingers through it. And she says, dad, can I hold that? I said, sure. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just, just rubbing my fingers through it and getting ready to put it on my baked potato. Well, she squeezed it too hard. The sour cream shoots out across the table, into the next table, into the back of a lady's hair. <laughs> <laughs> I lose it. Okay? So they
2: do follow your example. <laughs> they do follow your
1: example, but she put a little bit too much pressure on that sour cream. <laughs> and when she did, and they could, I lost it. I just did, and and everybody's looking at me in the restaurant. Well, then my wife loses it, and then and Christina loses it, and I'm going, like, oh my goodness! I'm glad we're finished because we're about out of here right now. So, but anyway, we did tell we had that. to explain what happened, and because the husband sitting with the lady looked up, So you've got to have fun <laughs> when things happen unexpectedly with your children. You've got to have fun. Wow. And it's important to to laugh because laughter does good like a medicine, and yeah. we sure need a lot of laughter and a lot of medicine in our country right now because a lot of people aren't laughing, you know over what's happening with our world, but we got to teach them respect, so they can carry on that torch and that legacy, maggie. it's it's sad what I see going on in our world today. It really- one
2: on it's that one on one connection to that so many <laughs> kids are missing yes because then they don't have they don't have that connection that's one of the things that he does in mentoring and teaching dads what can you do in your life today to create that connection with your mm-hmm. child what is it that your child likes not you but your child likes that you can relate to and, and create that connection with them
0: Wow, I'll, i hope viewers I hope you guys are catching this because they just gave you um an entire weekend workshop in just a few (laughs) sentences of what it's like to be intentional and you know, whether it's our our kids or grandkids or marriages and so forth, you have to be intentional. And I love what you guys said about not having to go and say, Oh, let's go drop 20 bucks at a movie and not talk and not communicate. Instead, finding ways to interact with them and and implementing the life lessons in the times that you have. That's brilliant. I love that. One of the, 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 the
1: things I've seen about what stay at home orders across our land lately <laughs> was these videos that dads are making with their children they're so funny <laughs> you know when when dads are are literally being creative with their children and uh it, you know sometimes when i mean we can take we can take whatever the situation is and we can find something good in it if yes. we just oh it's just the Lord Lord help me be creative here i you know <laughs> I'm about to go crazy with all these kids around well well, then literally come up with a family activity, something that you can do. I mean, people have turned their backyards into to just playground wonderlands and, and just done things with their family. And it really, I know it's tough. I mean, yes, definitely. Life has been tough the last four months. But yeah, <laughs> yeah we sure. we can adjust. We're American. We can adjust. <laughs> and we don't have. We just don't have to uh, be negative all the time and down hard because our kids are going to remember how we got through this time together. They take things
2: like, every, They take everyday things that we do as a parent and turn it into an activity as a teaching lesson even uh, take time to cook together, take time to do what, teach them how to wash the car. I mean, there's just so many things that you don't have time to do when you're working 24, right. seven, but when you home together, okay, have you ever changed the oil in the car or do you know how to check your oil in the car? Oh, we, we have lots of stories about that too. Things that happened after teaching how to check the oil, <laughs> but those take our everyday activities and turning, turn them into teaching tools.
0: That's yeah, brilliant. Just make
1: sure that they put their oil stick back in the, the holder; <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> the fire department may be called. Just to say,
0: I agree <laughs> with that so much. I watched my oldest son. Uh, he has three children: one's in college, and then two at home. They're you know uh, first grade and uh, sixth grade, and they spent the first um, several weeks of COVID uh, studying geography, and every day on Facebook. <laughs> he, he they posted, they did the data research together. It's a family. They discussed it and then they posted it on Facebook with the state, the state's flower, the capital. I mean, he used it as a geography lesson. And but That's doing great. it together and assigning different ones to find out different things. So those kids have got more geography than they probably wouldn't have gotten their entire year in school. You know, so it's just, you know, the things that we can do to implement uh, balance in our family. And that's what I hear you all talking about when we're talking about balance being intentional with our time, being intentional with our relationships, balancing the, the work life with the home life and being the parent. And and you know, you know, I see a lot of parents now, especially I've got a granddaughter's a cheerleader. <laughs> and I see a lot of parents that live vicariously through their kids uh, in some unhealthy ways. And really to be honest. But but you know, you see so many kids are so many parents trying to be their kid's best friend. And I believe that we can be our kid's friend, but we also still have to be that parent. So, you know, do you have any pointers for parents, how to balance that, how to balance the friend-parent relationship? Because you can laugh and have fun, but, you know, letting kids do some of the adult things is not being a friend. <laughs>
1: I'm going to let Glenda go first.
0: (laughs) Actually, it's a thin line. There's a thin line between
2: that because me and a stepmom, (coughs) I thought, okay, I need this child to like me. Okay. So I tried to do lots of things together for that. You know, we could create that relationship. (laughs) Um, But at some point I'd have to say, I'm sorry. No, I'm the parent. Okay. We can do something else, but no, I'm not going to do that. You know, so... It's just a thin line that you really got to be intentional about being the parent as well. I mean, there are times for friendship and fun, but there's time for, okay, teaching and training is important because now I want her to be a good mother when she grows up and I want her to respect people when she grows up. So it's a thin line between that fun time, but again, saying, Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's just not the right thing to do. I'm the parent here. Here's what we got to do. You and do, and,
1: and And you don't have to be, you don't have to be perfect at it if you raise your voice i mean i don't, I don't really think you ought to scream and holler at your kids all the time well my mom called my middle name i knew i was in trouble <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know it was also during a time when my mom called me for dinner from being outside it was time to go in and eat that doesn't happen anymore and that's another thing have that dinner table <laughs> know, that, time. That, that intentional so dinner table time I, I called the no phone zone put the phone down and I, I saw a post of a grandma who every Thanksgiving when the when the family comes over, she has these little cubby holes and she they have to put your phone in there. You don't bring <laughs> your phone to my dinner table. Okay, that is the family time. That's and right. no phones are allowed. So I call it no phones on. But anyway, so you've got to have time. And when you go to, <clears throat> like she was saying, you you've got to have that balance time with those with your children. And you can't be the best buddy all the time. Right. As I've heard one parent say, oh, I'm, her, I'm her best buddy. Well, you know, you're also about 25 years older than her, you know, so maybe <laughs> she needs her best buddy, but she doesn't. Yeah. I mean, when you, it's a thin line sometimes that, but I still think you have to be that authority, decision maker for her because they don't make the best decisions all the time. I mean, I've seen a lot of kids make some horrible decisions and, um, and and sometimes, the parent wants them, like you were saying, to live their life vicariously sometimes, but they, they want them to follow their footsteps. I was an accountant. You'll be an accountant. Well, right. no. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper and give you a hope for the future. It might not be an accounting. Okay. It right. may be something else. It's good to have accounting skills, but you may not be that, that generational accountant. But, you know, you have to let your kids kind of our daughter changed her major about four times or something (laughs) like that but well, that's one of the things about being a
2: parent as well and being that direction because she that guiding direction and that parent line instead of the friend line because a friend we may say uh yeah that sounds good go ahead and do it but as a parent (laughs) we would say well okay you want to be a vet well let's get let's do something okay let's go spend a day at the vet office and see what they do so he made arrangements for us to go to places and to see those activities or see something in pro because we were trying to be that guiding light. And then when you see that, they see they don't want it, then that's part of the parent role, guiding and directing. Mm. And, and it's not authoritative either. It said, oh, you want to do that? Okay, that sounds good, but let's go see what, how they, what they do, you know, so I love that friend, friendship. Friendship, but yet guiding. <laughs> Friendly, but yet straightforward.
1: We were talking about teaching goals earlier when I, my friend Zig Ziglar and and uh, was was just an awesome teacher. But I was teaching her about goals during that time when I was having her listen to those tapes. And 11 years old, I said, "Okay, I want you to write out five goals and keep life, them
2: with you all the time What you want
1: to do." So she writes out this, this, uh, and she wrote skydiving in parentheses with that. I go. You're not doing that at 11 years old, especially with dad. Okay, <laughs> So 10 years later, 21 years old, she calls me and she said, dad, I said, uh, I got us reservations. I said, what? She said, to, to do what? She says to go skydiving. I go skydiving. She said, I forgot about the gold card. She didn't. So they're going to listen to you, dad. So wow. guess what? That afternoon, I went skydiving with my daughter. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Because I said I would. I told her I would. I didn't realize that I'd have to really pray before I stepped out of that plane. (laughs) But it was a blast. It was a blast, Maggie. So they're going to listen to you. And when you really try to teach them life skills. But
2: if you've created that connection, that's when they listen to you. That's the thing.
1: I wrote a book about daily connections because I think it's a daily process. Connect with them today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, take care of itself, the Bible says, right? That's right. with them today. Take care of today And, and worry. I don't worry, but you take care of the problems today. Let tomorrow take care of itself is what I'm trying to get
0: at. I love that. So basically you're positioning them and setting them up for success by putting, letting them make the choice. I love that. I love what you said, Glenda, about taking them so they can experience it because many times they they don't see the big picture like we do. They don't have the life experience that we do. And they're looking to parents and grandparents and mentors and teachers to help them try to navigate this thing we call life. And uh, it's, it's right. challenging for them. So, you know, one of the things that I am super passionate about is seeing families walk in wholeness. I'm all about spirit, soul, and body. You know, your spiritual life, I believe the more it grows, that it's going to flourish in the area of your soul and your your physical body and part of wellness is being financially well physically well emotionally well and i know you guys work together helping people with that can you talk a little bit about how to bring a family into balance because i think a lot of the reasons that so many of these families are not connecting and spending the quality time together is because they're out working trying to provide and you know if they can get out of that bondage of debt it can free them up to be the mom or the dad that God has called them to be. Absolutely. There is so much stress in the
2: family over finances that it's causing not only issues with the children, but it's even causing divorces and causing families to break up. And because we're always trying to live outside of our means of what our income is right now. And we're trying to live better, give them better, live better. But to get it under control, we step back Step back and say, "What can we do with the money we have? How can we live better?" I'm going to talk a little bit about that. We have <laughs> um,
1: we, we we we've had some difficulties in that area in the past because it seemed like just when you get like two steps forward, there's something's going to set you back about five steps. You know, so financially, you're always trying to try to stay ahead of the game. But sometimes we're beating ourselves up so much because we don't have what the Joneses have. Right, and you know the Joneses are always going to keep on buying, so might as well not even try to keep up with them. And I don't—I just mean that figure to them now. I don't mean nothing about the name. I'm just saying that's what (laughs) I heard growing up. You know, don't try to keep up with the Joneses. Well, the thing is, is that you have to really, truly have to, to just set a financial plan for yourselves. We—we've had our issues with that simply because we're always trying to get ahead of something. Then something else will take place, and you know, not making the best decisions sometimes. I mean, just recently we thought about, okay, it's time to upgrade our car a little bit. How are we are going to do this without being in debt, you know, paying a thousand dollars a month. I mean, people are paying $900 car payments. I'm like, Whoa. So, and but, right now I don't know
2: how they're doing it. Yeah. If you know, jobs have been cut back and but, work has been cut back. But when
1: you, when we decided, we just felt like we just spent some time thinking, okay, we can't do that. Well, little do we know that just, just a week or so later, we find out that we got a lot of rot in the back of our house that we have to take care of. So had we spent that money earlier, we wouldn't have it today to take care of the the situation in our home. So
2: really though finances is also communication issue as well, because if we're both working and we're not talking about where our money's going or we don't have a plan for our money, then that's what causes a lot of the family issues is not having a plan, preparing yourself, for your family and the needs of the family.
1: If you don't tell your money where to go, it's going to tell you where, I mean, it's going to, you're going to wonder where it went, right? Because you're (laughs) it's going to go somewhere Mm -hmm. and you have to tell it where to go each and every month. And we worked with, you know, we we met Dave Ramsey in 1999, and we started uh, just facilitating the financial peace classes, which are awesome. You can do them online now and just learning so many tools there, whether it's his organization, whether it's another organization, But we found out that was the one that kind of helped us get on track,
2: and we've helped so many other people by using that by using that plan. We've taught how many classes now, or facilitated how many classes? We
1: taught 31 classes. 31 of those sessions, trying to help families just stay on target and get back on target if they've lost track. So we just created a program called called the Edge because you have to have an edge on on your finances and. You're not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect in anything. You, know, you just have to just keep on practicing to get better. And we've been able to do that with our budget each and every month for the last 20 years.
2: The, the other thing is that when we help families through that through that process, it is a one-on-one kind of thing. So let us help you. It's not like a big picture, yeah. meaning you make the decisions, but we're there, there again as a guiding light to them. Mm-hmm. If we were in your shoes, this is what we would do are those kind of directions you know you have to make the choice of what's important to you is it important that you have uh, cable tv at a hundred dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month to spend with the kids so we give them options so they make the decision but we just give them options as a family and we sit down with them one-on-one actually all that is on our website i think the program's called the edge so if anyone is interested in that that would be a good place to go find out the details and you know we'll help you we'll walk you through the through the what he calls the the soup process yeah
1: except we we get cooked when i was when i was going through my divorce and all that back in so many years ago wow I was thinking, OK, I feel like I'm in a bowl of soup or a pot of stew here. You know, I'm just trying to cook in the soup. And sometimes we get ourselves all mixed up in this, this soup uh, pot. We don't know which way is it out, you know, so we have to find our way out sometimes. So, so
2: that's, that's kind of so what good. we do, trying to help, help people come up with a plan to find their way out. Um, so there's less stress, hmm. less going on in your life.
0: So important. Absolutely so important because so many, you know, relationships end over finances and, you know, it can be a series of bondage and people have different priorities. And sometimes having someone to walk with them through the process is is so valuable. So I encourage you guys, you got to go to dad's for life and that's the number four not for and you've got to check out some of these resources and if you have kids or grandkids there's some books on there that keith has written keith where else besides the website are those on am those are on amazon as well i believe right yes
1: yes yes they
0: are okay we got What's a couple more right.
1: those four are there on amazon or in the online so
0: awesome so what motivated you to write those books keith
1: well, our first one was part-time dad, full-time heart. It really probably needs revision. That's, that's pretty old. But um, we actually, uh, when I left for law enforcement full-time, I was hearing so much negative media on the on the police. And, of course, you can turn on the media today and still hear that stuff. But I knew, I knew 99 percent of the uh, police officers that I work with were awesome guys and, and ladies. And we, we cared about our community. We cared about, I worked with so many school resource officers that cared about kids. And I said, you know, they just need to, kids need to know that we're not the enemy here. I mean, Romans 13 in the Bible points out the policemen are put here as an authority by God. And, yes. and when you, when you downgrade us, i feel like, okay, you're downgrading one of God's agents. I, that's kind of thin ice. I don't want to be skating on Right. But anyway, the, the thing is that when I was looking at that and I'm saying, I worked around these kids, they love me, you know, and I, I would do magic with them and I'd, I'd talk with them, I'd get down on the floor and talk with them and, and uh, show them different things about police work. So I just kind of wrote that in a book as what a police officer does. And then I, it went into another book called canine friends, where I talk about uh, dogs uh, and dogs that, that, that we take care of and love, they'll give back so much. Case in point, we got, yeah. we got Chance right here. <laughs> chance was thrown away during all this COVID stuff out of a car, and we just happened to be the recipients of him, changed his name from a silly name to what we, we gave him as a chance because mm-hmm. we, we know people need another chance. But dogs need chances, and he's a lovable dog. Why would you throw this dog out of a car? But anyway, so uh, I wrote Canine Friends because I wanted kids to understand that can- that canines are our friends. we got to treat them right. You know, and that's another thing. If you don't teach your kids how to respect early, they're going to mistreat animals if they mistreat animals and mistreat, mistreat people. people and so forth. So you've got to, you got to teach them respect and love. And so we talk about all the different animals, the service animals and police work and military and, and how, how dogs jump out of a planes with paratroopers and all that. So that's in canine friends, but there it's the meat officer Keith series, but we got one about bicycles we'll be working on. And, and then I have have uh, daily connections that we wrote also with a couple more that we're going to hopefully get out sometime later this year, but <clears throat>
0: I love it. So, Y'all so need weird. to get these resources because uh, you know, they're going to help you. I'm going to get those books for my grandson. I think he'll love those. So mm-hmm. I, I love, that. love that. Love that. Love uh, that. Hold chance up. So the audience can see chance real quick there. He's such a cutie. I can't believe somebody this poor pop. Oh my Everybody. goodness. Yeah. Look oh, at that. Yeah. He's so lovable. He's so lovable. He wants to be everywhere we are. So he came and got my laugh.
1: So, I mean, truly, when I first saw him, right, after we learned about him, I took his face and I looked at him just like that. And it was like he was saying to me, Are we going to do this? You're going to give me a chance? And sure enough, that's what, that's what I just came up with that name because I just, I mean, he's awesome. He's Aww, just he, a sweet little dog. And I think they'll give back what you give them. Mm-hmm. I really that's do. But it took him some time to adjust. I said, "Well, these people gonna throw me out of a car, too, you know, that kind of (laughs) thing." But we—he's been an awesome uh, asset to our home, and and we um, we we love it. So Uh, um, there's something I was gonna say, (laughs) you know, (laughs) get to talk my chance. Uh, Oh, about uh, legacy. We another thing we try to do is I try to teach dads to think about their legacy. I'm not talking about financially, Dad. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about yeah, you you know you leave uh, a heritage to your children's children as the Bible speaks of that as well yes I'm talking about leaving a legacy of of, um, of values and morals and ethical things what are you gonna be remembered when your dash is over you know we have the there's two important days in a, in a person's life the day you're born and the day you find out why and that dash in the middle is between the day you're born and the day you die and that dash is long in the beginning and as you get my age, it's getting a little shorter. So you want to make sure your dash is important enough to to leave onto your children. What have you done to leave a legacy? Because your legacy is going to carry on.
2: That's true. And, That's um, part of That's part of the process also that he teaches dads is to leave a legacy and leaving a legacy, not just like he said, financially, but along with that on our, on our website, there is a resource there you can download that is called the legacy box, how to take care of your family after you're gone. There's a, there's a
1: resource there that you can download. I do a uh, iron sharpens iron uh, group meeting with men, uh, biweekly. And we, uh, we're doing it this Saturday, and I'll be talking about that. Legacy is how you, how how to be stronger in leaving a legacy for your children because it's so important. It, it's uh, it's a it's a free group meeting. If if men are wanting to be a part of that, they can just reach out to me, and then I invite them to it. But it's a uh, it's a very important to to have other men that you can talk to when you're going through difficult times yes. and being accountable to somebody because if you're not, then things can get. We don't have to do it on our own, man. And um, I just uh, I just try to encourage them because we all need encouragement. Yes. And um, you encourage people with what you do, Maggie. And we appreciate you so much for having us today. Yes. And, well, uh, I am
0: so grateful, so grateful to have you two here, because I absolutely I agree 100 percent. What you're doing is is changing lives because we all need a place, uh, a safe place. Uh, you know, like you said, with your group to be accountable to one another, you know, and whenever people try to do life on their own, it just gets difficult. God created us to be relational. And so when you get down in the trenches with somebody and you say, "Okay, I know you're going through this with your kid or I know this is going on, uh, you know, it just it makes life so much easier. So having the um, that uh, support system you know listen raising kids is not an easy thing we need a support system we need dads we need moms we need mentors so if somebody is watching this broadcast and you're thinking i don't have that in my life seek it out you know, the Bible tells us, seek and you will find. And it's talking about the Lord, obviously, but you have to take action. If you want your child to have a mentor, go to your pastor, go to someone within the church, say, hey, listen, I'm a single mom. I've got this going on. Is What is available? You know, the Bible talks seriously about, uh, you know, ministering to or- orphans and, and widows and, you know, single moms and things like that is very, very powerful. So some of the resources you can get through Dads for Life, you know, you're probably thinking I'm a mom. It doesn't matter. You're also playing the role of a dad right now and get those resources. You know, the Bible tells us to get understanding and you're not going to understand how to do this thing unless you find the right people to speak the truth with love, get, you know, get the resources, do the edge program, get your finances in order so you can break free from what is stopping you from being the best that you can be in the household so if i would ask the two of you okay neither one of you can answer and you both can speak to it if what is a key what is the key that you could leave the audience with what would that be you
2: go (laughs) my my key is uh as far as a parent is be real yes as far as a couple as as a as a couple is communication those
1: are two, my, my two keys.
0: Those are great keys.: <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, Two things. I, one, I'll just kind of share a, a story about a dad that was walking through this grocery store, and he was paying for his groceries, and his son, a uh, young boy about 12 years old, saw his dad receive extra money back from the cashier, like five dollars. And the lady didn't know she gave him that much money. And he's walking out and he's counting. He knew something wasn't right, but he counted it, looked at the receipt, didn't want to hold up the line. And he turned around and he says, she gave me too much money. And and kids saying, oh, great, you know, let's go for ice cream or something, you know. And uh, he said, no, son, this is not our money. Turns around, goes back and hands it to her. What puzzled the young man, thinking he had extra money. And he told, he said, dad, why'd you give her the money back? been, uh, he said, because it's not our money. It was a teachable moment. And I asked dads to just look for those teachable moments, those those moments of teaching them respect and teaching them honesty and teaching them things that that, that we're not really taught in school anymore. Okay? Right. So sometimes, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy some of the things where we stop teaching. But the thing is, is that I want you to think about those teachable moments and So he says, son, this is not our money. This is her money. And if I walk away with her money that's supposed to be balanced in her drawer, she'll have to pay for that. And the other thing I'd like to say is that just leaving a legacy. Mm -hmm. We have to leave a legacy that's far beyond reaching because what are people going to say about us once we have passed? Okay. But more importantly, what's your children? What's your Mm -hmm. family going to say about you when you pass? What's your legacy going to be, Dad? And moms, single moms. I just want to encourage you, widows out there, those that are continuing that that fight as a mom and a dad, a mom and trying to do both roles. Keep the fight up. Look for somebody in your church. Look for somebody you trust, because it's very difficult sometimes. The, the, the things that, that that some people will do uh, when they when they lose the trust of, of in a child's life. You you have to work on. On being somebody that's going to help that child not hurt that child, so moms look for that if you don't have a good role model, look for somebody There's, and pray you know pray that God's going to find you somebody that can speak into the child's life because yes. um they do need a role model, you know and and dads don't raise your voice all the time. you know proverbs 15:1 says a gentle answer deflects anger. But, but, but words, you know, um, they make your tempers flare. And <laughs> look, at our, look at what's going on in our world today. Too many tempers are flaring. And yeah. if, if you disagree with somebody or somebody disagrees with you, so what? I mean, people <laughs> have been disagreeing for decades, you know. But we don't have to hurt each other yeah. over it. Because yeah. I believe that, you know, the more peace we have in a home, the better off our children will be.
0: Wow, that's so that's so powerful and so true. And that is great advice for those of you watching, whether you're a parent or not a parent. You know, we all have a legacy to leave. One of the most uh, powerful things that I did when I was, you know, trying to find myself really trying to find what the Lord had called me to do was I wrote my epitaph. And so leaving a legacy, finding out, you know, being the person that God's called you to do, we miss it as parents. We miss it as wives. You know, we miss it as husbands, but we don't have to if we are intentional with our relationships. So I want to thank the two of you for being on here today. I want you that are viewing this, whether you're watching on the replay or you're watching it live, wherever you're watching it. Please share this with someone that needs some encouragement. We do better together. And Keith and Glenda are just a, a perfect example of resources available out there to help you be the best dad, the best mom, the best child of God that you can possibly be. I want to thank the two of you for being here with me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Maggie. We appreciate you. Yes. Y'all catch catch
0: us out to your friends. Let us know. Uh, any questions in the chat stream. We'll respond to you later. God bless you guys. Thank you so very much, you two. Y'all check out dad's Thank four you. life with the number four. Thank you. Bye-bye.